Hello, I'm David Kern. I'm Heidi White. I'm Tim McIntosh. And I'm Sean Johnson. And this is Close Reads, a podcast for the Incurable Reader on which we are going to winnow down 125 weeks down to 48 and decide what books we're going to discuss in 2023 on Close Reads. I had to get all that out. Man, that was a mouthful. It was. And, you know, there wasn't a great way to say it other than just, you know, let it all come out. Let's let it all flow. That was the hardest part. So we, yes, this is the conversation on which we are going to be deciding. We're going to be narrowing down a long list of books uh, to to uh, 40, what is essentially 48 weeks. I have shared with each of you a spreadsheet that I created, which you uh, you may now begin to look at if you want. We have but not laid eyes on this yet. This is an no exciting one has laid moment. Eyes on this. So, so this is, this is the process. We, we posted over on Close Reads HQ on Substack, closereads.substack.com for those of you who have never checked this out before. We posted a thread on which we allowed... Uh, allowed whatever word you want to use in which you we tolerated on which you grudgingly accepted <laughs> your nominations exactly to date there are 639 comments on that thread wow I I uh, painstakingly <laughs> it, it's actually not a, as negative an experience as I'm making it sound here but I went through all of those nominations and I found things that were Ooh. recurring things that uh, have been mentioned previously before books that we have discussed on previous iterations of this particular episode. And I've made a, a, a long list, if you will. It's a long short list, I guess. I also turned to each of our, our fellow, uh, close readers here and I asked them for nominations. So this list includes, uh, nominations from the listeners and nominations from each of us, as well as a few things that I grabbed from previous years. And uh, I think only maybe two or three things weren't nominated by either listeners or fellow, you know, like co-hosts here. Um, so what I'm going to do here is read the list and I'm going to explain how we do it. And then we're going to dig into this conversation. David, can you give us the numbers again? We've got to take how many and cut it down to how many? Okay, so there. So if you look at the bottom of the spreadsheet, yeah. so so look in the D column. See where it says number of weeks. Yeah. What I did was we have uh, twenty five books here, and I I um, based on the number of pages and my what I think we should spend on each book, I have allocated a number of weeks to each of those titles. At the bottom of that, highlighted in that like teal color, is one hundred and twenty five. So if we didn't take any books out. We would have to find 125 books in a year, weeks in a year to discuss all of these books. Now, that is an impossibility because, as you know, there are fewer than 125 weeks in a given year. Right. I feel like we can accept this as a universal truth, right? Mm. All of us? Yeah, there's what, mm. 60 some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thus, it would be very difficult to, to actually discuss all of these books. So, what I also did is assume that we're going to need a couple of weeks off here and there, such as for Christmas and various other occasions, such as during the close reads retreat. And that gives us roughly 48 weeks that we can talk about books on, on the show. Do we accept this uh, theory? Heidi, do you want to take issue with this theory? I just, I to, you know, I just also want to add another truth that is universally acknowledged. And that is that a single man mm. in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Thank you for Which that. Which is also an important universal truth. Right. It is. It's irrelevant to this conversation and also this group. Tangentially relevant, uh, maybe, depending on which books we choose. Directly, directly from the book Persuasion, right? Well, 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not. Come on. I'm on close reach. I'm not that literally ignorant. (laughs) Everyone was just like, how do we tell Tim? How do we tell Tim? Moment of silence that Tim no longer gets to be married. How did you lose your He's the one who has most recently embraced this universal truth. This truth is true. Tim's like like six six years from now. Tim runs into like I don't know Jesse Brown somewhere, and, and Jesse's like, Tim, how did you lose your your spot on yeah. Close Reads? Well, and I was like, well, <laughs> it's a short story. It's a very short story and completely legit. But a medium length novel. Anyway, I do indeed accept um, all of this, David. Okay. I accept so, the terms. Here's here's what we have. Um, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna take right now each of those weeks. Each of these books has an allocated number of weeks. When we decide we're not going to do a book or we decide we are going to do a book, I'm going to notate that on the, the sheet. Green means we're doing it. Yeah. Okay. So it means go. Green means go. I'm going to explain why we currently already have two books here marked as green. When yeah. we say, you know what, we're going to strike this book from the record. I'm going to change that number of weeks to zero, which means that that number of 125 will go down by the number of weeks allocated to that particular book. Uh, so then we will, as we discuss things, we will begin to make decisions and the math will begin to work itself out through the beauty of uh, math. Uh, math and magic that is incorporated into the Google spreadsheet algorithms or calculations or whatever. The, the uh, Just to be clear, the, the calculation happening in this spreadsheet is the maximum amount of uh, skill I have with um, <laughs> functions in spreadsheets. I'm, I'm impressed. Um, yeah. Okay, let's start <laughs> talking about the books. Yeah. People didn't. Okay, people so, didn't tune in to talk numbers with us. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna list. I'm just gonna go through the list here, and we're, so that people know, so they hear that the titles that are out there for discussion. I'm just gonna go through it quickly. We have the Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. We have Persuasion by Jane Austen. We have Everything Sad Is Untrue by Daniel Nyeri. We have The Moving Toy Shop, which is a mystery novel by Edmund Crispin. We have The Supper of the Lamb by Robert Capon. And this is a nonfiction book. So we have three nonfiction books on this list what? that we're going to discuss whether we should do. Also, we have One Writer's Beginnings by Eudora Welty, which is a bit of a memoir. We have Unmovable Feast by Ernest Hemingway. So there's our three nonfiction books. We also have Pygmalion by George Bernard Shaw, which is a play. We have The Franchise Affair, which is another mystery by Josephine Tay, was discussed last year as well. Speaking of discussed last year, we also have Madame Bovary by Flaubert, which was a book Tim nominated last year. We also have Canticle for Leibowitz, which was Sean Johnson's nomination by Walter Miller. We have Diary of a Country Priest by, I believe it's also George, but the last name is Bernanos. This is a uh, very religious novel, I believe, um, of the French persuasion. (laughs) Um, We also have, after that, uh, we have um, a Day in the Life of Ivan Denisevich by Solzhenitsyn, Russian novel. We have The Optimist's Daughter, a novel by Eudora Welty. We have The Picture of Dorian Gray, a novel by Oscar Wilde, which was one that Heidi nominated. We have The Razor's Edge by Somerset. Now, I believe it's Mom, but one of you guys could correct me if I'm wrong on that. That was one that showed up um, a few times on the list, to, and I was a bit surprised about it. And I thought, shoot, man, let's get that on the conversation uh, show and see what happens. Then we've got the Netanyahu's, which was nominated by me, and that won the Pulitzer Prize last year by uh, Joshua Cohen. Uh, we also have very Jewish book, by the way. We also have the Secret History by Donna Tart, which is was nominated several times on the on the 
the group chat and is one of Tim's favorite novels. Uh, we also have Trust by Hernan Diaz, which is a 2022 release that Heidi and I both love. So we figured let's, it'd be, a, we'll explain why we think it would be a great uh, book for the show and we can discuss that. We also have Things Fall Apart by Adiche. And I, again, I should have put first names here. I'm forgetting his first name. Do you remember, it's, Sean? It's Xinghua Shebi, actually. Yeah. For thanks. Things Fall Apart. Okay. I need to, I think I must have just, okay. Someone fix that for me. It, then we have it. Miss I'm on it. Miss Palfrey at the Claremont, which is a very British melancholy cult classic comedy by Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, we also have, uh, due to a number of nominations on the chat, Wise Blood by Flannery O'Connor. Whoa. There's lots of questions or requests for O'Connor novel. Then we have Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. We have The Girls of Slender Means, which is a very brief, short little uh, Catholic uh, novel by um, Muriel Spark. Then Silence by Endo. Uh, and that was a book that I saw up on the chat as well a bunch of times. And then lastly, just because we have to discuss it, we have Hard Times by Charles Dickens. Dickens showed up several times on the list. And that's about the shortest book that we're <laughs> going to be able to do on the regular show. Um, one thing that I... Um, okay, I'm going to fix that. A Chevy... I don't, sorry, Heidi. I don't know why it's only giving you, uh, it, I just, Heidi just messaged me that she's only getting viewing privileges on the spreadsheet. David's okay. being a little bit controlling with this. <laughs> I'm, Heidi, I'm <laughs> just not working. I know. Uh, okay. Sean Shouldn't was work just now. being very accusatory because he's last in line to say his name. And also David won't give him permission to record. <laughs> No, I actually did give him permission to record. And then he rejected oh. it because he's a coward. I, I don't know what to uh, do. Okay, so we have a bunch of books here. Now, we already have The Scarlet Letter and Persuasion in green. And we have 11 total weeks taken up by those two books. And I think I put those in green because I think we should go ahead and just say we're going to do those. Those are two classics, one American, one British. And we like to cover the classics, as, you know, at least a good portion of the time here on Close Reads. Karen Swallow Pryor has already said she would come back on to discuss The Scarlet Letter, which she did an edition of in, in her series. And then Persuasion. We haven't done Austin in a while. It's it's not very long, and I would like to try to do some books that are a little shorter this year on the show because it allows us to just discuss more books, which the audience seems to appreciate. <laughs> so I, I would I want to move. Uh, I want to put forward a motion, so to speak, that we just as they already are, I guess that we just go ahead and uh, put Scarlet Letter and Persuasion in green and and move forward with those and Damn, accept sounds that. Sounds great. Yes, okay. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Can't wait. Okay. So. There we go. We not that we've got eleven books there. Um, I put everything sad is untrue on the list because we got requests, we got it nominated, but also a number of requests for um, some children's books, and this would fall under that category. So I want to talk about that. But before we talk about children's books and mystery novels, which I think are two categories, we should do at least one of uh, each of those. Let's try to do let's, let's narrow down the books that we're each going to nominate. So there's four of us. And uh, you may have noticed there's four of us uh, and thought to yourself, why are there four of you? And I'm going to explain why here in just a second. But while I'm explaining this, this would be a good time for each of you to settle on what you would like to be your nomination. Like you're, you're going to, it doesn't mean that we're necessarily 100% going to choose it. Maybe it does, but it's the book that you really want to have on the most mm. of all of these books. So you think about that while I'm explaining this. Here's the reason there's four of us. It's because uh, Sean 
uh, recently uh, kidnapped all three of us uh, and then held us at gunpoint and then said, if you don't let me on the show, then I'm not going to let you go. But if you do let me on the show, I'm going to let you go. It was an uh, ordeal. It was an ordeal. Um, the outcome is pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, basically, Sean is really smart. He's a good friend of ours. He does a great job on the podcast. And uh, he's been doing the East of Eden show with um, Heidi and I. And we were impressed enough to, to ask him to come on a little bit because Tim is... Um, just busy. He's just really busy with his job. He got more responsibilities. He got a promotion basically uh, at his job. I think, am I allowed to say that, Tim? I hope so. Yeah, you can, well, I mean, you can is, say that. Okay. <laughs> Tim got a promotion. He's got more going on. He's not leaving the show for good or anything, but he might need some weeks off. I mean, he is going to need some weeks off. And so, although he's going to continue on with us, but he's going to need some breaks. And so, uh, Sean is going to be jumping in to fill in some Tim Tim time and it's going to be a lot of pressure on Sean. Um, and we put him through a long, a long, uh, rigor series of, uh, of tests and rigmarole, uh, uh, to figure out if he'd be capable of filling in. He, he, I would say didn't pass, but he's also better than most of the alternatives that we also tested. So we just accepted him (laughs) as, as what did testing consist of knowing, um, like it was a Rorschach test. That was really, Yeah. 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 Yeah, I had to. Uh, they put me in front of young children, and I had to say convincingly, "I'm your new dad." <laughs> and uh, none of them, none of them bought it. <laughs> Wait, the test was like you had to fail. You had to fail at that. You had to say, "I'm your new dad," and have them say, "No, please, no, no, no." I, I don't and know that was, pass. and then we said. Yeah, you're qualified. He doesn't know the criteria. No, the everybody had to do that as well. Yeah. He yeah. just failed the no. least poorly. <laughs> <laughs> also, there was the question of Stockholm Syndrome, and he really accepted Stockholm Syndrome most quickly. So we were like, done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's true. So, um, Sean, since you're going to be kind of like our new... Uh, scapegoat? Um, yeah, yeah, scapegoat here Daddy, on the show yeah, in 2023. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to let you go first. What of these books do you most feel like man, I want to talk about this book more than all others. This is the one that if I could choose, this is the one that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote right. for. Can I ask a question first? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So what have we done? Has, has Close Reads ever done a nonfiction book? We uh, haven't, have no. we? No. No, we never have. Can, can we talk about, about that? I, I should. Yeah. Tim, Tim, go. Are we gonna go? It's a big move. Yeah, it's a big move. Yeah, I when I saw Supper of the Lamb on there, when I had Supper mm-hmm. on the saw Supper of the Lamb on there, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, we might be venturing into new territory." Okay, so so let's talk about this because I think Supper of the Lamb is a book. Have all four of us read this book? Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, so it's a book we all love. Oh, yeah. Um, One Writer's Beginnings is a great book, and A Movable Feast is a great book. We got a lot of people saying, hey, can you do nonfiction? And so I thought to myself, let's, in front of the whole world, discuss this request from listeners that we do nonfiction. And so these are a couple of books that have shown up that were nominated. And so, yeah, let's talk about this. Heidi, you say you have mixed feelings. Do I you, do. You, you think we shouldn't do nonfiction? I don't necessarily think we shouldn't, but it, it's an entirely different way of talking about books. It's a, it's a move, like it's a big move. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it, but 
yeah, it's a different way of talking about books. You start talking about ideas and starts uh, asking, I think with nonfiction, you have to ask, do I agree with this? Do I not agree with this? How do I put this into action? Like it's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so I'm definitely up for the challenge, but I'm concerned on how it's going to go over and I'm uh, yeah. So I'm up for it. All the things that you're saying are the reasons why we have never done a, you know, never done nonfiction on the show. Um, We could as an alternative do choose one of these books to do over on the HQ, like the bonus episodes. So we could choose one of these listeners and and see see how how it goes. goes. And it's not part of the regular pattern. Um, that would allow us to maintain some momentum mm-hmm. with what we're normally doing. Um, also, then it might be a place that, like, if you're, you know, it might be a little motivation for you to finally sign up for Close Reads HQ. If you've never done that, did I just say that out loud? I think I just did. Um, Tim, what do you think? If I had to vote right now, I would vote no. To nonfiction. To nonfiction. Um, I, I think it's such a different way of having a conversation. I mean, I'm just going to say what Heidi already said. I think there's a, there's absolutely room in the podcast universe, the close reads universe for non fiction discussion. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that it's under the, like, I don't know that it's under close reads. It's under the close reads umbrella, the big umbrella. Yeah. I just don't know that it's yeah. under close reads. So what do you think of the idea of maybe it's something we do on the bonus show or we do like a one-off episode here and there, like, but, at some point or something like that. Yeah. It'd be like the old sitcom spinoff, you know, (laughs) like you take the most popular character from whatever Andy Griffith and you get the Gomer pile show. Right. And it's wait, hold on, hold on. Take a step back. It's always Gomer pile is better character than Andy Griffith. No, No. he's like the most popular character. That's not like the name character. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The better call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Frazier. I will say Frazier is the only successful spinoff show. We were Galen and I were just talking about sitcom. It's the only sitcom spinoff that I think we could say, you know what? It was successful. No, no, no. The Jeffersons. What did the Jefferson spin off? They the, spun off of um, All in the Family. All in the Family. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. Jefferson okay. is a good okay, show. Okay, I stand corrected. Yeah, okay, but back right, to what right. we're actually talking about. So if we take out, if we say we're not going to do it, that that's eleven. That's eleven weeks. We can subtract down eleven weeks just by deciding that. Yeah. Okay. Done. And I have a proposal, and it's that if we decide to do it over on um, HQ on Close Reads HQ, we just start with something like a movable feast, which I. I don't know blurred. how fictional and how non-fictional that book is anyway, okay. right? Yeah, right? And that's yeah, yeah. part of the conversation. Um, so that might be a first foray. That would be okay. my proposal. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to mark these as zeros. And then what I'm going to do is um, make a note to myself that we're going to consider this, uh, one of these uh, for Close to HQ um, for some time in 2023, but that's going to be a separate discussion when we actually discuss the, the bonus books. Right. Um, <clears throat> and we'll put that, we'll, we'll allow you guys to have some feedback. And, you know, in the comments to this on Facebook, you'll let us know what you think of this decision, whether you think we made the wise decision or whether we've ruined your life for all of 2023. Right. And if so, then, right. <laughs> uh, ugh, sorry. Okay. Let's talk about mysteries because um, there's a number of mysteries on here. We've got the moving toy shop. I uh, know. You know what? Let's go back. I want Sean to, <laughs> sorry. I want Sean to, I want to just, I want to nail down the ones that you guys yeah, want to do yeah. just in case there's crossover 
in these genres. So Sean, what's the book that you're that you're choosing? Well, that you would just really want to really want to nominate. So I'm glad we settled the nonfiction because, uh, as you mentioned earlier, the Canticle for Leibowitz is the book I think that I'm going to lean heavily uh, okay. toward. But okay, so, I oh, go ahead. I was surprised to see the Supper of the Lamb on this list, and all things being equal, if I if I was forced to fight for a book, I I mean my these deep loyalties were triggered in me, and I was worried that I was going to be divided in in what I was arguing for. But that off the table, Canticle for Leibowitz. What? Hey, give a description of the Canticle for Leibowitz. Yeah, defend it's yourself. Right there, in <laughs> it's right there in the comments on as, the side. That's David, the best comment on the whole spreadsheet. As David Sean's so put pick, it, comma sci-fi, comma monks. <laughs> oh, it is all there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sci-fi monks. <laughs> that's like my favorite thing. I want to get that. Like, just touch that list, like tattooed on my forehead. Yeah. Sean's pick, sci-fi, sci-fi monks. monks. Uh, it's it's almost not more than that. Uh, and yet so much more than that. Uh, it's, it's this novel about a post-apocalyptic America, post-nuclear war America that's kind of blasted itself back to the Stone Age. And, uh, and there are these plucky monks that are trying to rebuild civilization. A few years ago, I did a reading group of a philosophy book, After Virtue, with a bunch of close readers. In the beginning of After Virtue, the first chapter, which is a totally nonfiction philosophy book, dense philosophy book, is basically kind of a riff on a canticle for Leibovitz. Yeah, that's right. It's like, imagine that all of the information of the world is kind of blown. It, never mind, I won't, it, it's a great first chapter and Canticle for Leibovitz, I was really happy to see it on this list. And if you need somebody to get your back on this, Sean, I've got your back. That's okay. what I like to hear. When David so, and Heidi, because David and uh-huh. Heidi will, they oh, will team up on a brother. Oh. And when it happens, you've got to be prepared. Thank you. Thank you got to have a brother with you. Thank and you. I'm, I'm willing to stand up. <laughs> If, it, if yeah, Dave and Heidi yeah. had their way, it'd be all British mysteries all year. Oh, I know. Oh, let's do another <laughs> British yeah. mystery. Heck yeah. In fact, let's you know do what? a this British great Western idea. mystery. <laughs> yeah. Is that like Northumbria? Like what's a British <laughs> Western mystery? Fair That's enough. like Northumbria. Mystery that takes just like place you're looking across at Wales. <laughs> In Cornwall. <laughs> so, okay. Um, this was also, it came up a couple times in the list. Like it got a couple other nominations besides Sean. Yeah. So there is, there was a little bit of a corroboration. We also have not done a lot of sci-fi really ever on, on this show. I mean, we've done a few things that are light sci-fi. Um, I mean, this isn't heavy sci-fi. Yeah, right. This is not, we're not talking like um, Brandon Sanderson or yeah. something here. What, what um, how, do you, how do you feel about this? Like, do we just let it go through? Do we let, do we let uh, Sean have his way on show this one? And, and, I actually... I I've never read this and I'm dying to read it. So I pass. I'm I have no objections. Right. Okay. I'm I'm making it I'm marking it as green then. Uh I can't call for Leibovitz. Green, oh, is man. green means go. Can't believe it. <clears throat> well okay. done, uh, Sean. Heidi, what, what right back at you. What's your what's your nomination? Um Mine is definitely everything sad is untrue. It sounds like that's probably gonna pass anyway. So maybe I should have picked a different one strategically, but I loved 
this, this is my favorite book of 2022 so far. I love this novel and I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. This is kind of like a, a middle grade novel, but like a little bit with, with, it's a little bit older than like, I wouldn't necessarily have your like nine kind or 10 intense. year old read it. Yeah. It's about a, it's a, it's, we interviewed Daniel Nyeri on the uh, Withy Wendell podcast. So for those of you who, 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 don't, who already know this. Because I bullied David yeah. into taking this book seriously. <laughs> I was like, every day I'm on a crusade. David Kern, get on board with this book. One of my favorite interviews I've ever conducted. Um, and so it's, a, it's about a, it's like a novel, but also maybe a little bit based on this guy's real life. Uh, but he grows up in Iran, Iran for a while. And then he and his family, his mom have to kind of escape to America and it's about him. It's about this middle school boy figuring out how to be an Iranian American. Mm. He loves, you know, American candy and movies mm -hmm. and ninja or like, you know, wrestling and all this kind of stuff. A uh, very funny, very funny. And also a little melancholy at times, great writing. Um, and, and it would fill our, our, um, you know, like our, our young people's uh, genre. Um, Tim, hi, uh, Tim, Sean, any reason that you want to take issue with Heidi's nomination here? I don't think and also, so. Lots of, nom lots of nominations on the group, like a lot of nominations. Are there other young people book candidates on this list? Aside um, from a day in the life of Ivan Denisovich? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? There Actually, there are not. There was a couple things. So if we're and committed to that, I made a mistake this, of, and took one of them in. off. Well, I think we should a, do it. That was a mistake by me, uh -huh. but also it was, it is Heidi's choice. So, um, Heidi's are we, choice. so I guess, I guess we're doing it then. And I think you guys will like this book. I have not read it yet between which book is more fictional. Do we think a movable feast or this book? Mm. Oh, this one. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a novel. Okay. Right, Heidi? Mm, I think so. I mean, I mean, it would be pretty remarkable if it was a memoir because it is so, yeah, it's, it, you guys are going to love it. Okay. It, it, it incorporates like folk tales and mythology and it's like lots a of stuff on food. It's like a love song to storytelling. Mm, yeah. It's, okay. it's yeah, about yeah. how mm. he tells himself the story of his life mm. as an, um, as an immigrant of an, and a refugee from the Middle East. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's definitely, it's a novel. Right. Yeah. And maybe we can get Daniel Nyer to come on with us sometime Ooh. again and, and talk about it. Okay. Um, Tim, what are you nominating? A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. It is bleak yet hopeful, snowy yet sunny. I'm going to put these in the notes here. Bleak. We need to do that first. That needs bleak, to be our January. We did hopeful, As I Lay Dying last Snowy this year. but sunny. Yep. Snowy but sunny. It's okay. on brand with one of the gargantuan Russians for me. I nominate A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. Which is only about two, depends on the edition, but it's between two and uh, 250 pages. So we could do, it's you know, four it's or doable. five weeks yeah. on it and, and be okay. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, we're not tackling Brothers K, right. at least on this podcast. Um, yeah, that was that a, was that a loaded little... Uh, how much do you want to make draw, I mean, no, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see later. How do, you, how do you feel about doing <laughs> a day in the life right. of Ivan Denisovich? I, I feel great about that. That is a great, great novel, and anything by Solzhenitsyn gets an easy pass from me. Okay, so we currently have The Scarlet Letter, Persuasion, Everything Sad is Untrue, Canticle for Leibovitz, 
and a day in the life of Gosh, Ivan Denisovich. It's already like a killer lineup. <clears throat> I know. We have 15, we've got 25 weeks taken care of. So we got 23 more weeks to figure out. Um, and <laughs> I David, guess. David, what's yours? My nomination. You're next. I, I'm just narrating the inner life of David Kern right now. He's deciding between Netanyahu's and trust. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you think so? Actually, there was a third. Um, um, so the third one that I'm trying to decide means. between is the moving toy shop. Oh, oh, I thought, yeah. Which, which is by Edmund Crispin. Have any of you read Edmund Crispin before? No, no. It's, okay, it's, it's Poirot meets Woodhouse. What? It's, um, it's about a detective. Who, he was an amateur detective who is actually a literature professor at Oxford in like the thirties. And they're super literary, hilarious uh, mysteries. And the moving toy shop is about a guy who is a writer who has convinced his agent to, uh, his publisher to let basically let him go on a research trip to Oxford. <laughs> and when he he goes there and he gets knocked out, uh, in one, he gets knocked out in a toy shop. And when he wakes up, it is no longer a toy shop and a mystery ensues. Um, and so that would be the only thing that I'm trying to decide between now. Okay. Heidi, let's talk trust because this may be one that we need to con- talk to the guys about and see if they just say we shouldn't do it. Talk to us about trust. Let's talk trust. So tr- trust is a 2022 novel by Aaron Diaz. One of my favorite things I've read this year. I think, Heidi, you feel the same? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you describe a little bit about what this book is about and see if the guys are interested and or if we're just going to strike it from the record, be- partly because it's so new. So the the subject of the novel is the life of... A what of the wife of a New York City industrialist billionaire, like a tycoon. Yeah, and um, and it remind me of the time period. Well, it's like when around the it's ni- like the nineteen teens, twenties, thirties. It's like around oh, the depression of, and related. Of to that. course, it's yes because one of the big issues is what started the Great Depression. Um, so, but it's t- the life of this woman. His wife is at the center of the novel. And it explores her life from four opposing perspectives. So you get the story of this woman's life from four different ways, from different people with agendas about her life. And we as the reader are left sorting through the stories that were told Mm. about her um, and how those stories kind of interact with who we want her to be Mm. becomes the conflict of the the novel. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really, really interesting, multiple perspectives, like it's beautifully written. One of David's pet peeves is he hates it when when, um, multiple perspectives are given and they're all written this same but that's not what this is it's like incredible um the craftsmanship and then it just raises all these questions of identity and storytelling and narrative it's just really cool hmm. i love so it. the four perspectives are the first one is is you're reading what is supposed to be a popular like short novel about this guy so there's this author who is he creates a fake character but it's clear to everybody who reads it in this fictional version of 1930 new york that it's about this rockefeller type guy the second thing you read is the in progress memoir the unfinished memoir of the tycoon who's writing a memoir because he doesn't like the way the novel portrays him and his wife Mm. The third part is the the late in life memoirs of the secretary to the tycoon who actually ghost wrote ghost that memoir. Uh-huh. And then the fourth part is the late in life diaries of the actual wife of the tycoon. Hmm. So you're getting these four different parts, these four different perspectives. It, it reminds me of uh, the rector of Justin. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Actually, yeah. Yeah. But more money. There's a lot more, <laughs> more discussion well, of money. Not necessarily content, but the, the storytelling approach. Yeah. 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 So there's that. The Netanyahu's is, I don't know. It's my favorite novel I've read in years. It's the most strange, weird. It's also the most Jewish book I've read in years. I've heard um, it's great. Yeah, it won too. the Pulitzer last year. NYRB did it. It's like, it's so weird. And there's like, ten, you'll go on these random eight page diatribes about like the nature of history and studying history you know, and diaspora and all that. And then the next thing you know, you're getting the, I mean, it has the funniest scene I read in any book in 2021. I mean, it. I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm like by myself for 20 minutes after this scene happened. And I still, I still can't, I laugh about it all the time. But now that I've said that, it's probably not going to seem funny to other people. <laughs> um, so I would say we need to decide between trust and the Netanyahu's because they're both recent novels and we should choose just one of them to continue on in the shortlist. So I think we should eliminate one of them. We have five weeks for the Netanyahu's and we have five weeks for tr- trust. So it's kind of, that doesn't but- really... But David, it's your it's your yeah, pick. It's your pick. You get a pick. So this is you have to actually just like choose. Thank goodness. Yeah, I don't want that on me. Um. Okay, let's talk mysteries first, then, <laughs> <laughs> because because I want to like are we gonna do we want to talk about a mystery? We we usually try to do some kind of a mystery because it's like three or four weeks. They're light. They're easy. And there's a few on the list, and we could decide if we're going to do that because that might impact. So like, I think we should choose between Josephine Tay. The four of us should choose between Tay and Crispin. And then you take your pick from, and then you can take your pick between trust. Okay. And that's, that's fair. Then let's, let's decide between the franchise affair and the moving toy shop by Edmund Crispin. The franchise affair is Josephine Tay. It's definitely one of the, the classics of, you know, um, British mysteries. Crispin is a little bit more of a cult, following a little bit lesser known they're both allocated at four weeks the moving toy shop is 60 pages shorter though um what do you guys think what i mean is sean do you have a leaning on this one uh let's just vote i i i my gut is to go with the moving toy shop uh i've read some tay and uh i see why she had the the following that she did but uh i like the idea of maybe bringing some more light on this lesser known, lesser appreciated writer. If he's as good as that you would say. Be, that would be the reason that I would choose him as my book because I think people don't read him enough. Yeah. Like people read Tay, they read Christie, they read Allingham, they read a lot of these other people, but they don't, not as many people read Crispin. So that would be my vote too. So that's two votes. Do you guys want, do either of you have a strong opinion Tay wise? I frankly don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah, so I'm happy neither. to go with Crispin. Okay, then let's move the franchise affair to zero. And then it may be still that we have to cut the moving toy shop, but at least we've decided between those two. Fair enough. Um, no, let's actually just put it, we, we want to do a mystery <laughs> and these are the two. So I want to green it. I'm ready to green okay, it. I greened oh, it. I greened it. it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I need to, so then, I, so then I need to decide between the Netanyahu's and trust. Oh, this is hard because Heidi's red trust. I love watching David have to make choices. <laughs> so terrible. Gotcha. It's very stressful for him. I'm going to do trust because I don't think as many people will like the Netanyahu's. I think you all should read the Netanyahu's. I love it so much, but a lot of my taste is weird and I don't think as many people will like <laughs> Wait, it. It won the Pulitzer, dude. The Pulitzer. It's not like you're going to, you're not going to have to like convince us. Def- yeah. Defend in. this book. Is this the sauce cell? Is that what he's doing? 
Oh, you guys want to, you won't understand. So it's, uh, um, this is so hard. And because I know Heidi loves trust too. Um, like as we're reading it, we're like, this book would be awesome on the show. Who cares about I'm Heidi right now? What yes. do you want? This is not about me, David. This is about this you is about and your, yeah. You and your, yeah. <laughs> this is about you and your, yeah. Okay. I'm choosing the Netanyahu's and only in part because it's shorter. Like that's a big deal. It's like 150 pages shorter. I'm not putting trust at zero yet, though, because we yeah. may still want. We, we I'm not going to like eliminate it. it. Okay. Just because okay. we greenlighted the Netanyahu's yeah. didn't mean that we redlighted trust. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Now, now we need to pick something old, though. Yeah. Let, I was going to say, let's look at, let's kind of decide between uh, Madame Bovary, mm. um, the picture of Dorian Gray, yeah. and Hard Times. Let's, 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 let's choose. What do you think? What do you think? Like, let's eliminate one of those first. Oh, man. Hard times. Is Hard out. times is out. <laughs> I agree. That's okay, three that was easy. For that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Nobody here likes sticking. Well, it's, no, it's well, not. It's, it's, it's not that. I, his books are so long, and the best ones are the long are, are like pretty long. And I think that they would be better suited for doing on the bonus. I just think they would be where you can really dig into them. And we have talked about how. I mean, frankly, we do kind of lose the more, the longer the books are. It's clear that people tune out, and we want to get people. We want to make do what people want, and even if they say they want long books, most people don't actually want long <laughs> books on the show. <laughs> and what do you feel about the secret history? Like, is that a book we need to keep on this list, or is that like you love it? So I want to hear from you. I, on this I one. love it. I for me, it's like a great summer read. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I don't think it's going to have the kind of like symbolic depth of something like a canticle for Leibovitz or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't like, have those it's yeah, a yeah, page magnificent takeaways. It, say again, Sean, it doesn't have those. Yeah. Transformative, you know, uh, enlightening takeaways. Yeah. I, I just think it's like a great story. Super oh, yeah. well told. Yeah. I just don't know. We, 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 I think we thrive when there's like some depth to the book and I'm not saying there's not depth there. I just don't think it has the depth that we tend to thrive on. So I, I would love it if we did it. I'm not going to fight for it. I think, I think page to page, chapter to chapter, there's a lot there. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, I think it would sustain conversation, and it, but it's not, it doesn't have the enduring payoff of some of the other books the, on the, the list. And the other part of it for me is that it's 576 pages, and to really <laughs> yeah. make it work, we'd have to spend one sixth of the year on it. Yeah, yeah. Like we'd have to spend yeah. seven, eight weeks, and that's that to me was just the hardest sell of it. And it might be a bonus podcast one day. Let's just so, not do it. Let's not do it. Are you? Are you? Are you? Would your feelings be hurt, Tim? Are you? You're good with this? Totally great. I'm great with it. Okay. I guess you could have chosen it instead of Solzhenitsyn. Um, okay. So that's. That we're gonna put we're gonna put that on zero. So we're down to ninety five weeks. So we still need to shave off a bunch of weeks here. Anything else that we think? Like anybody want to nominate something that we're just well, gonna drop? We so we we were talking about old books, mm-hmm. and we kind of discontinued that conversation. So we mm, said no true. to hard times. We still are considering Madame Bovary and the picture of Dorian Gray. Picture of Dorian Gray. And I guess yeah, I guess those are the only ones that we that really should be considered old here maybe um, well yeah maybe wealthy well wealthy to me is like we got to consider wealthy under like nonfiction. Uh, <laughs> well no no because uh optimist daughter the novel um there's wise blood oh. song of solomon okay the optimist daughter right. they kind of fall under like southern 
fiction in my mind. And I want to, I think we should, we got a lot of requests for different Southern yeah. writers and it might be worth having. Okay. So partition reserving some space for one. And now Madame Bovary is a book that you nominated uh, one of your nominations last year, Tim picture of Dorian Gray is a book that Heidi nominated this year. They're each allocated six weeks. The picture of Dorian Gray is a little shorter than Madame Bovary, at least in the editions that I checked out. So Tim, Heidi, have it out, and then Sean and I will be the judges of your your uh, your debate about yeah. Madame Bovary versus the picture of Dorian Don't Gray. Don't pull any punches. Why, <laughs> why did you nominate Madame Bovary? Ooh, she's Tim, going for it. What was it that you... It's yep. I, I, absolutely beautiful. I mean, it is so beautiful. It's a hard story. It's like um, Anna Karenina. It's a very similar storyline. It's told in the most elegant prose. The thing about it is the narrative distance between kind of like us and this character is almost unnerving. It's so Mm -hmm. clinical. Part of the reason that I nominate it, and this would be my strongest argument, is that I think it is a great book to do after having read Anna Karenina fairly recently, which we did last year. So A Picture of Dorian Gray is absolutely all-time classic. We have to do it on close reads. But if we have to do either or, I would vote for Madame Bovary because of its proximity to us reading Anna Karenina. Heidi, what is your counter? So the picture of Dorian, I I love Oscar Wilde. I think Oscar Wilde is unbelievable. Uh, he's an incredible writer. He's funny. He's insightful. He has this like depth. Um, he's one of the saddest stories in literature. Like his life is so um, compelling and full of pathos. Um, and we've never done anything by Oscar Wilde. We've mm. never done any of his plays. We've never done a single thing. And the picture of Dorian Gray is, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really amazing meditation on identity and art and, uh, and the cost of pleasure. Like it's a great, great story. However, I'm actually ready to concede Madame Bovary because I think Tim's right. It's, it's such an incredible companion novel to Anna Karenina. And, but the authors are, and the authors, the stories are so similar. And yet each of the authors is making the opposite points mm. about, about femininity. And, um, and, and it's, I mean, they're both these tragic stories of these strong women who have, who, who are destroyed by adultery. And yet for Tolstoy, it's a moral tale. And for Flaubert, it's, it's, it's an indictment of society. And mm. so it's just a really, uh, I, I think it would be worthwhile. So I'm going to, I want to say, I want to keep Dorian Gray because it's my favorite Oscar Wilde's. I want to keep it as like something we should do, but I'm kind of ready to concede. What do you, what do the two of you think, David and Sean? So we did Tess a couple months yeah. ago and we've done yeah. Anna Karenina. I, I agree that it might be they might be good as companions. My only question would be, are we doing too many? Is it too much? Mm. Too many books that are like well, about especially you know what, especially with the strong Scarlet women letter. with adultery and the Scarlet oh, Letter. That's, that's a too, great point. That's a great point. Thematically, there it might be a little close. Sean, what do you think? Not that you're the deciding vote here because you're definitely not <laughs> the guy. But um, maybe I'm back on Dorian Gray. Maybe and, to rechange my mind again. Well, yeah. you are a well-read, uh, fairly literate person, though. So I would like to know your opinion. 
up up until just this moment, I was really swayed by Tim's argument, particularly about the proximity to Anna Karenina. Uh, I I I have frequently called Madame Bovary and Anna Karenina the top two books that I would I would give to young people to read mm. uh, before they get married. Mm. And uh, and as as a as a pair, they work they do work really well together. Uh, But I am sympathetic to the fact that that uh, just done tests recently and the Scarlet Letter, uh, though you know moving in a different direction, is dealing with similar themes. So I'm glad I don't have to make this decision. So wait, (laughs) does this mean that we need to do Madame Bovary instead of the Scarlet Letter? No, no. (laughs) We actually got a lot of nominations, like a lot of requests for. No, I definitely want to do Scarlet Letter. Yeah, that's a good one. And we need a and we and we need an American. We need a classic American novel this year. And we haven't done a lot of the early Americans. Sure, fair enough. Which are actually quite. There's quite a so lot of value So now I'm back on Dorian oh, yeah. Gray. Like, yeah. let's, this is a completely unique novel. Let's, We've let's never cut done them anything both, like just to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, where are you now? I'm totally Still, fine with... If, if we don't do Madame Bovary this year, let's just keep it on the list. I'm just yeah. afraid it's going to kind of get bumped and bumped and bumped and seven years down the road, we're going to be like, Madame who? Well, so you know how this year we'd said, you know what, we're doing persuasion? Yeah. I think we should kind of like maybe move Madame Bovary up into that category for 2024 and just say this time next year, that's going to be the one of the ones that we most strongly consider. There we go. And then this, and then this year we do Doreen Gray. Are we, are we good with that? I'm totally, I'm great with that. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So I'm moving uh, Doreen Gray. We're keeping Madame Bovary putting it zero. Well, right. You, yeah, well, wait, you don't really get a vote. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Okay. Let's decide, let's discuss, um, there's three different books on here that, are ext- that are about devoutly religious people, each in their own way, that I think we should discuss as a, as a trio. Diary of a Country Priest by Bernanos, which I personally extremely want to do, mm-hmm. um, in part because of how beloved it is to many people who I trust and the fact that I've never read it before. Um, and then we've got The Girls of Slender Means by M- Muriel Spark, which is a 140-page little, like almost like a novella. It's very Catholic, um, very... I love Spark, um, I think she's hilarious and melancholy, and those are two things I love in books, but not for everybody. And then Silence by uh, Shuzaki Endo, um, which is um, a, it's a Japanese author. It's another book about monks. Oh, well, sort of. Um, and it's uh, another book that's like about the questions of what it means to have faith. Heidi, what do you think? Have you read Silence, Diary of a Country Priest, or... Uh, Girls of Slender Means? No. I Well, I have not read those second two. I have read Silence. And this is the first time I will ever say this on the show in the entire time I've been there on this show. I hate that book. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So I, I hate it. So I think it would be kind of fun for us to do a book that I just like vehemently dislike and strongly disagree with. And wow. I think that might be a kind of a fun thing to do. So I'm not saying we should get rid of it because I hate that book. I'm just putting it out there right now. That will have, be have a you factor. read it? <laughs> but the other books sound great too. I had a very strong reaction to silence also. In the other direction? No, no. I am really sympathetic with I didn't hate it, 
but I just felt like I had been punched in the stomach like multiple times after reading Silence. And I also, I, I think I, I think what Heidi says is right. I think it would make for really great discussions. I think it'd make for hard discussions also. Um, which might be worth doing. Man, that is yeah. such a I don't know. I just, I, I really yeah. I just moved David's it to zero. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I really want to do Dave. I really want to do the country priest one. I, I see. Here's the thing. You know the the reactions that we all have. To, Sean, have you read it? Yeah. Silence? Yeah. You, do you feel the same way, or is it like your favorite book? I feel similar. I feel similar. It's complicated. So I do too. And I think I think that the fact that we all feel that way. It leads me to believe that many of the listeners would feel that way. For sure. And so there are people who probably felt that way and were like, yes, let's discuss it. But that so many people feel that way also might be a hard sell in a year that already has some books that I wouldn't say these are hard sell books, but some of them are, are a little on the more difficult side, yeah. right? Like the Scarlet Letter and um, uh, Ivan Denisovich, which, and then even um, possibly um, Picture of Dorian Gray. So, oh shoot, I was supposed to make Dorian Gray green, wasn't I? Did we? Yeah, okay, okay, there we go. Right. Well, it's green. It's you know, green. these things can be green changed for gray. If, if necessary. I want to do so Diary do we... of a Country Priest. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that um, Muriel Spark, who I actually really like, I didn't know I liked her until recently. Um, <laughs> and when, then I was reading you parts David of that book. David was reading it to me, and I was like crying. I was laughing so hard. Um, I think it's great, but I also think we already have some British humor on there, and I want to get like a. There's, I, I've always wanted to read Diary of a Country Priest. So, and we haven't really done a lot of French yeah. stuff. No, it's um, good. And Sean, you've read that, right? Yeah. And it's also a great movie, by the way, one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, but very slow. Now, it is not an action-packed book. No. Um, and it, it's a, it, it, which is which is not a problem for this podcast, I don't think. But, um, okay, so currently we have. The Scarlet Letter Persuasion, Everything Sad is Untrue, The Moving Toy Shop, Canticle for Leibowitz, Diary of a Country Priest, A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich, The Picture of Dorian Gray, and The Netanyahu's Greened. We have 81 weeks still to sort out here. We've got 81, um, and we need that number to get down to 48. Right. Holy so God. we need... So do we... So we can, we, have to, we can discuss Song of Solomon, Wise Blood, Miss Palfrey at the Claremont, Things Fall Apart, Trust, Razor's Edge, Optimist Daughter, and Pygmalion. Pygmalion's only, that would be like a one or a two weaker. So I don't want yeah. to eliminate yeah. that. that and it would be really fun to do a play. I think we should green Pygmalion because last year we, we, uh, we did discuss it. That's right. Yes. And said, let's do it next year for sure. Green it. And it's also amazing. And we could do a, um, an episode, a bonus episode on the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. 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 Uh, we could. Uh, yeah. Sean, what's the movie? What's it called? Um, My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't want to do an Audrey Hepburn movie, right? That's right. Okay. Any reason to keep The Razor's Edge by mom here? Now we, he's got nominated. I think it's a fascinating book. We got to lose it. It's too if long. If we do a mom book, long. we've got to do on human bondage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. That's his best that. book, and it's yeah. great. All right. Let, let's yeah. talk about mom then for 2024. So we're taking that out. We're yeah. down to 75 now. Hmm. Um, hmm. What about So Miss Palfrey at the Claremont. Um, Actually, let's do this. Let's discuss. I'm very interested uh, Song in of that Solomon. because of the description. Very, very British, British melancholy <laughs> cult classic. I love I'll all describe of those it in things. A 100%. <laughs> so let's talk about some Southern writers here. Let's decide between the Optimist Daughter and Wise Blood. Wise Blood and Song of Solomon. And Wise Blood. Okay, let's do that first. I, We've 
Go ahead, Sean. Well, I think, I'm with you, Sean. I yeah. see your face, and I yeah. think we're in the same place, dude. Well, so I think we're in the same place. I think, I think if we're going to if we're going to try and do a southern novel, and we have three southern women to choose from, or no, uh, well, if we have any southern yeah. women to choose from, I think we need to choose Flannery O'Connor. Uh, I was going to say something very different. Yeah, I, that's okay. You already said you agreed. It's too late. <laughs> you thought I was going to say so, Flannery O'Connor is the obvious choice, and so we have to go in a different direction. No, or I was going to say maybe Wise Blood is a really, really weird book. Well, let's it's do them all. Super <laughs> weird. It's super weird. And I'll no listen. Flannery O'Connor is one of the masters of the short story, like 20th century. One yeah. of the masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that she's a, gr- a great novelist. I think that like. Yeah, it's like oh, it's so weird. Shaking from Sean. This well, is exciting. No, I'm standing by it, you guys, Sean. I'm I know. standing and by she, it. Her Remember novels are not her short stories. That's true. You were going to be united against me and David for all time. Oh and man, right now I know. Oh, oh my gosh! Wow. How quickly the brother? How quickly <laughs> you broke the brother? <laughs> to be fair, he did speak first, and then you had to disagree with him. Yeah, that's right. Okay, picky, to. picky. You had to. But, um, here's the, the other thing: is we now. On the show, we have done O'Connor before. And we've never done Welty, and we get a lot of requests for Welty. Um, we've done the one short story as a bonus thing. And that would be the other thing, the only other thing I would say. Um, the Welty book is a little shorter as well. That's yeah, true. It would it'd be one, we'd four weeks instead of five. So that, that does impact it. I do think if we're going to do. Heidi, what do you think? I'm leaning towards Welty too. Just, but. Honestly, for me, it's because Wise Blood is just the weirdest. I, I was it's like, wacky. am I on drugs? But right. also, <laughs> that might actually be a reason to do it because to do it, it's, yeah. it's helpful. It could be like helpful interpretively for people who do want to read O'Connor more. And maybe even for me. Maybe I'm like, what I'm a little, is up with oh, the gorilla man. suit? <laughs> I don't, I'm a little worried that if we do Wise Blood, we're doing Wise Blood and we're doing... Ivan Denisovich, and we're doing Dorian Gray, and we're doing Leibovitz, and we're doing everything. I mean, um, the Scarlet Letter, and like, is Wise Blood, like, how many we- books that have like pretty weird oddities in them? Do we want to do? It might be too weird for this year. Let's do Welty. I've never read okay, that. I'm, gonna, I'm kind of excited. Me neither. Okay, so what no, I'm going to do for now is just put Wise Blood at zero. We're at seventy now. Let's talk about. Um, Let's talk about... Can we afford to keep anything else? Well, this is what we're going to have to discuss in a second. I want to see if there's anything else we can just eliminate and then go back and decide if we need to do something. So So, are we greening Welty? Not yet. Okay, so what I want to do, though, is... Heidi, can you go through here and tell me how many of these authors are men and how many are women? Because I actually think we should discuss this. We've discussed it last year. We should discuss it again. Right. Um, And then I want to make sure that we do... You mean of our... The authors that are left, that were left? No, the ones that we've chosen already. Oh, uh, okay. That are greened. Because I think we may only have uh, um, one. It's one really just Welty. And it's Jane Austen. Jane Austen. And we'll do and Jane Austen, Austen and Welty, so too. Um, we also do we have... We have a lot of strong female characters and storylines that are that's represented. True. That, is, that is true. And we also do have... Uh, we, we have French and Russian novels... Southern novels, English novels. We have a pretty wide variety as far as that kind of thing. Yeah. That kind of thing goes as well. Um, we have a couple of black authors on here. Should we? I you know, want we've got, to do 
Yes, I would Things like fall to either apart. do. I, yeah, I. That's a great book, and actually, I haven't read it since high school. Um, Tim, you love it. that book, I don't you? I love that book. It's a great book. I, re- I hope that it's. It got brought up a few times during the Searcy conference. I hope that. I, that's the only book that remains on our list that I would that I'm really going to want to fight for. Not to, to say that the other ones are Let's not do right. worth doing. Yeah, I just really and it's think four that weeks. That, that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a not. It's not a long book. Yeah. Um, I want to. I I, I want to green that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we want to dis? Okay, so I'll I'll explain. Miss um, Palfrey at the Claremont. We can discuss it, decide whether we should get rid of it. I'm already for it. I'm already going to vote for it. <laughs> okay. It's about a. It's about a woman who is a widow. And she's maybe in her 60s, and she moves into this hotel called the Claremont in London, which is a hotel where all all old people that live in it, (laughs) in this case. She has, her family doesn't come visit her, so she befriends a poet, a young man who's in his 20s, who is a poet that lives around the corner, and she convinces him to pretend to be her grandson. Various hijinks ensue, and it ends on a slightly melancholic note. It's just an incredibly British, uh, incredibly underrated novel. it's great, but maybe we should save it. I don't know. We we have four weeks there allocated to it. I might even, I don't know. This is it's. I was one of my favorite things I've read this year so far. Um, but but it, but I don't know that it's a bona fide classic compared to some of these other ones. I think it sounds great. So now now Tim and I'm for it. I think I'm it excited. sounds. I think it sounds fine. <laughs> by fine do you Sean. mean ooh that's fine or do you mean that no, sounds I think he really means, really yeah. adequate I think, <laughs> I think M-E-H is what he that means. sounds overwhelmingly adequate uh, how many weeks do we have left to not not a lot we're in a, we're, we have a problem but I'm going to get to that when we come to is it is it I mean how valuable are these four weeks to us and but what do we have still as an option, we have to decide on um, the op- uh, the Optimus daughter is not even in green yet. I'm going to green it for the sake oh, of conversation. Yeah. I thought we already and then we have, it. and then we have to decide. We we haven't eliminated trust entirely, and we haven't eliminated Song of Solomon, um, and so we're we have we're in a, it's a tight squeeze here. We have the 48 weeks. weeks left to cut, and we've got we have to cut what 28 weeks. We've got a little flexibility with this four week. With this, you know, yeah. like four weeks for miscellaneous time. So we have like a, we could probably go up to 50 weeks if we were like, we've got to do Can this. Can we especially massage since the Sean's weeks? here to do so, some solo weeks by himself. There you go. Can we massage the weeks on the other books? I mean, uh, yeah, probably, yeah, uh, we can. Maybe we can get to that. Um, I think we need to, we're going to have to eliminate something. Uh, should we just eliminate trust, Heidi? Oh, no, I don't know. This is so hard <laughs> because I know how much you love that book and the conversations would be incredible. And now I think I want to go back and do that instead of, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm happy to Netanyahu's do is so much shorter. I, no, let's do, we're going to stick with the Netanyahu's let's, um, I'm happy to talk about trust instead of Miss Palfrey at the Claremont. Um, it's about time. I think that. I, oh, it's better than, yeah, it is. Trust is better than Miss Palfrey at the Claremont. There's more to discuss. Oh, okay. Um, it is. So. And then we also have Song of Solomon, which we haven't mm-hmm. done Toni Morrison before on right. the show. And we have to say, we have to say, like Toni Morrison is like top three American novelists oh, yeah. in the twentieth yeah. century. Yeah. Like, yeah, she it may not be this season, but she's gonna get discussed sometime really soon. Yeah. She's got to. It seems inevitable. 
Okay, I'm going to take Claremont. I'm going to put Claremont at zero. Okay. Because so we're looking at Song of Solomon and Trust, and those that's our final choice for the year. Is that right? And then and then we still might have to do some massaging of the weeks, and and because right now, if you if you include Song of Solomon and Trust on here, so if we we have 66 weeks, so say we take away Song of Solomon, we still have to get rid of 10 weeks somehow of what through things we've already. Picked. Well, why don't we just be done <laughs> and just put the? Why don't we just say no more and we're all done and we already picked it. Because they're good books. So that's still, because we're currently at 55 oh weeks. Oh my goodness. So we basically got to cut what? We've got to get rid of something or we have, to, we have to. Okay, so we're all done and now we have to figure out how to fix the weeks. Oh. Hmm. Or, okay, or we cut something out or whatever. So I think I'm, I'm very, I am really torn on this trust thing, Heidi. I'm very torn. I think it would Between make for great discussions, but it, it, yeah, but it is a 2022 book. So maybe we should save it for a year. Mm. Like maybe that's one that we could, we could still do it in 2024 oh, when yeah. it's like out in paperback and all that. So um, I'm going to highlight a couple of these in what's your favorite color, Heidi? Uh, blue, light blue, like a Robin's gonna, egg blue. <laughs> okay. I'm going to choose a blue color here <laughs> and I'm going to highlight a few things that we want to talk about in that we want to make sure that we discuss you talking about navy you talking about a navy <laughs> blue no no you're a cretin i'm just kidding <laughs> a knuckle walker you call me a knuckle walker um and i want to highlight song of solomon in this purplish color because i want to come back to it um okay let's let's go through and decide if we're like we have to do this we have to do these okay okay um dude we have Scar- to make it we have to make a cut I know that's what I'm saying. Okay. So we have to figure out, or we have to change some weeks. I think we have to hunt for... Or we have to change some weeks. We have to hunt for the one that falls. You know what? I could lose Picture of Dorian Gray. It's all right. You can just... uh, (laughs) Yeah? No, Heidi, no, you gotta fight. You gotta fight for it. That was a test. Look, it's Um, another one. Picture of Dorian Gray is going to be a close reads book. (laughs) No question. The only question is... When? When? Yeah. Okay, so just currently, the door for you to walk if we take that away, we have, okay, no, let's just go through what we have here and, and kind of like look at the categories. We have Scarlet Letter, Persuasion, Bonafide Classics. We have to do those too. Like to me, those are, we're doing them. Everything Sad is Untrue was Heidi's pick. The Moving Toy Shop is a mystery. It's only four weeks. We could get rid of it. No, uh, Pygmalion, we two weeks. Um, Canticle for Leibovitz was Sean's pick. That's six. I Sean, do you think we could do that. five weeks on that? I think so. So four weeks plus a Q and A. Yeah. Is it how fast of a read is it's it? It's a pretty fast read. Do you agree with that, Tim? Yeah. Okay, then let's move that down to five weeks. Um, and if we decide, like, I want to, one of the reasons I want to do four, have that four week window is to give us a couple weeks off, but also to give us a chance to be like, eh, let's let's spread this schedule out a little bit mm-hmm. in, in, in the moment. Diary of a Country Priest is only two hundred and fifty four pages. We could potentially do. Uh, we probably need to leave that at five weeks. I would think, just given the pace of it. Um, all right. Optimist Daughter is only 208 pages. We could do two, we could do three weeks on that one. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. I like it. It's, you good with that, Tim? Yeah. Okay. Um, Picture of Dorian Gray is 304 pages, uh, according to the Penguin Classics edition. Do we want to do fewer weeks on that? I bet Sean says yes. <laughs> no, I, I'm thinking now about the, it's, the question was whether we do the book or not. If we do the book, we need to do it right. 
That's how I feel. And and, uh, and do we have enough genuine classics if we take that off? Yeah, I, like I think I want to keep old. it. I think we need six weeks. I want to keep it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Net. Why? Why do we need five weeks on Netanyahu's, David? Just because it's. We don't. Um, I mean, it's only I, I'm, usually I'm trying to think in pages. terms of. Yeah, so if we do three weeks on that, that's like 80 pages a piece, and then right. we have a Q&A. So that's four. So we'll move that, that down to four. We're at 52 weeks right now, so that's that's like the absolute max we could actually fit in in a year. <laughs> uh, so we could... Persuasion, I want to do really well. So that's why I was thinking five pages, five weeks on that, even though it's not very long. Mm. Um, the Moving Toy Shop, we could do three. It's a, it's a mystery book, I so I think solution. we could... What? I just looked up the page length of... A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. You have it mm-hmm. listed. Okay, thank you. It's way shorter, isn't it? 234, and I was like, that seems long. Yeah. Amazon, like not that novella. we buy books from Amazon. We buy them from bookshop.com or .org. .org. Slash Goldberry. Slash Goldberry. That's where we buy our books. What is it <laughs> again? That. I almost forgot. <laughs> bookshop.org. Bookshop.org slash shop slash Goldberry books. That's one option. Um. Anyway, the, the behemoth is uh, Amazon listed as 176 pages. I yeah. think we can lose a week there. Yeah. Okay, so three weeks there. And then the moving toy shop, we could do three as well because you can just knock that out in two sittings basically yeah. and then have a Q&A. Great. All right, so, so then that puts us at 50 weeks, which, which is probably like, that's probably safe. The only question I have is how do we really feel about not doing Song of Solomon and should that replace oh, something else that we have on this list? That's the one question I have. I mean, I, Toni Morrison is going to be around forever. And she, I, so I, I think that we can roll that into the conversation about next year's books. Um, especially since we've gone through and, and, yeah, uh, she's and not, Toni Morrison's not disappearing. List. She's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah, she's fair. amazing. Okay. All right, then I'm going to move that to this blue color. So that means that are currently our list, unless we have, for any reason, we just said we want to change this. The this Scarlet Letter. so great. We got, we, got a, we got a British classic there uh, with Karen Swallow Pryor coming on. We're going to do six weeks on that. We've got Persuasion. American. You said British. What, but oh, I said I meant, definitely yeah, American. Yeah. <laughs> Correct, American. Then we got Persuasion, which is the British. Uh, and then we've got everything sad is untrue, which fits our, um, uh, children's um, children's middle grade. And it's a very ethnic, it's about the collision of cultures. So that's true. Yeah, that's true. We've got the moving toy shop, which is our mystery. We've got Pygmalion, which is our play. We've got cancel for Leibovitz, which was Sean's pick sci-fi monks. So it it fits those categories. We've got diary of a country (laughs) priest, which is a, French religious novel. And to me, the only question is, do we do Song of Solomon instead of Diary of a Country Priest? Then we've got Tim's pick, A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich, which is Russian, bleak yet hopeful, and snowy but sunny. We've got The Optimist Daughter, which is going to be uh, not bleak and a uh, fairly funny Southern novel. Picture of Dorian Gray, which is falls into the classics category and is um, British and weird. Um, and then we've got The Net and Yahoo's which was my pick, which is... Jewish-American weird. Jewish-American weird. Uh, um, I'm going to be... People are going to hate me so much for that pick, and I have to decide if I'm going to... Um, how much I lean into that. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be got great. Things I'm Fall Apart by... I could be one of them. A, a chibi. Is it a chibi or a chibi? A I was actually wondering. Shing-wa, a shabby. Shabby. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 
butchered it, a Chevy. And that's, we've got, um, he's African, right? He actually mm-hmm. was from, um, which country was it? Oh, I can't remember right now. I mean, I can't remember right now. Somebody, somebody Kenya? pretend you have something clever to say. Yeah. While he's I he's Nigerian, up. I think. Nigerian. Nigerian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tim. Yes. That list right there. Anything that you would pull, anything you would change, anything that you, any complaints you have about this? How are you feeling about this list? It, to me, it has the makings of a classic close read season. Like sometimes it just, like last season, excuse me, last year when we were putting the list together, I was like, oh yeah, it's got like all that, we can play all the different keys on the keyboard and this feels the same way to me. Okay. Sean, how are you feeling? Be honest. Be honest. I, it's the last time we're ever going to let you be honest. I think it's a miracle that we got here. I'm just on my knees, metaphorically thinking, God, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. We went from 125 to this. I'm, I'm grateful for every single book on this list. Before I texted everyone and said, we got to go from 125 down to 48 weeks. And you said, God help us. Man. And Tim sent over a gift <laughs> saying, Jesus, take the wheel. And I think mm-hmm. what happened was maybe Jesus took I the wheel. So. I speaking I so. of wheels. Heidi's in her car right now, and I would like to know what Heidi thinks. I feel of. Jesus in the Zoom call right now. I hate it. I want to start over. <laughs> it's great. It's great. What's okay? What is the and each of you? What is can the, we all agree not to change the Netanyahu's? Can we just make a vow right now? It's not going to change. Like we're. Just, I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, are you sure? Is it's it so, right? it's so nice having we, friends. Are we really making the right call? Yes. No, probably okay, not. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Um, I guess this year I did pick a, you did force me to pick a book, which I wasn't sure about that everyone tends to like, but let me just, let me just tell you a month in the country and the Netanyahu's are not the same sort of book. (laughs) Um, Okay. What's the one book that got away? Tim, what's the one book that got away for you? That's a good question. Uh, Let me look at the list. Call on someone else. (laughs) Heidi, what's the one book that got away for you? Trust. See, no. Just a little (laughs) But you know what? I already read it. So I've read it and I loved it. And now I'm ready to read and, the Netanyahu's. And it would be such a good close read. And book. I've owned the Netanyahu's for many a month. And then I'm like I'm about to read it. And then then you send me other recommendations. And yeah. then I, so it's it needs to make its way up to the top of the stack. So I'm excited. So I'm, I'm genuinely torn because no, you know how much I love enough. trust. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. Be there. Yeah. You can trust that. You can trust that, David. Mm-hmm. The one that got away from me is the Movable so... Feast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's not its time, but that's. Not it's also it's not time. fiction. So you were one of the people that was or like. Or maybe it is. I think it's. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I love that I think book. It's, I love oh, that, that book. book. So it just good. makes me want to drink wine and eat oysters every time. Yes. Yeah. Right. I don't that's even need a hard book. Metallic taste. There are there are books that make you that don't make you want to eat oysters and drink wine because that's like I pick up a, a book and I'm like, where's Leibovitz, my wine? Where's example. my oysters? <laughs> a Canticle for Leibovitz does not make me want to eat oysters. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Not fair. Uh, Tim, are you an oysters guy? No, do not he like them. Like oysters? Do not like them. Sean, man, I could champagne and oysters three meals a day. My gosh, Ooh, you guys with a lot of champagne, but aircraft. <laughs> Budweiser really, and hot really dogs. judgmental. I mean, I'd be you happy to do it. I'd be happy to You're do it. You're like bougie. A... You live in. Man. Tell us about your. Tell us about your place, Tim. 
Yeah, oh, you're talking about my exposed brick mm-hmm. um, condominium. Used to be one kind of building, and now it's another kind of building. Yeah. Yeah. But Tim <laughs> pretends to be a man of the people, but in reality, we're the rest of little, us call him Tim Bougie McIntosh. So. Yeah. We, yeah. Tell us we're about totally bougie trip. about the things that we're bougie about. Oh my gosh, the Greyhound <laughs> trip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tim's got stories, but you know what? That's the end of this podcast. Yep. No one has time for them. So, um, Okay, okay. We got a list here. We got a list, I'm excited people. and I also feel terrible. Like it's just my personality. I, I'm so excited and feel so bad at the same time. Yeah. So for everyone whose book didn't get chosen, do you feel, feel like you're you. disappointing people, David? Clearly. Oh yeah, definitely. Including myself, myself, mostly. And Heidi. Yeah. Himself, disappointing mostly. Heidi. <laughs> disappointing I'm definitely not disappointed. <laughs> I am always, always excited about our list. But this is a really good list. Tim, did you decide what book got away? Oh, you said a movable feast. Yeah. And Sean, what was yours? Uh, it's hard to feel dissatisfied about about where we ended up. Uh, we actually got some books on here that you loved, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe Wise Blood. I'll I'll say Wise Blood is the one that got away. So when we come out of these lists, my goal is always that we have like feel good about the list in terms of the quality of the, like we have a good right. balance of different kinds of books, but also I want us each to come away with two books that we're just like, cannot wait to talk about. And for me, obviously the Netanyahu's is one, but I can't, I honestly am so excited to do persuasion with this group. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm me really too. excited about that. And I'm very excited, Tim, very excited to do Pygmalion. Are you really? Um, cool. I love <laughs> Pygmalion and I love that movie and I, I'm super excited to discuss okay. this. So that's great. Sh- Sean, what are you? What are the two books you're most excited? And then we'll and then we'll go. Yeah, I I really am excited for Leibowitz, uh, but also, you know, uh, it seems like I've been down on the book, but uh, the picture of Dorian Gray probably because I'm not actually down on the book. I was trying to be strategic. It was a numbers game. You're more down on Fair Heidi, not. is that right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. how I take it. I didn't it. like it because <laughs> yeah. she liked it. It wasn't about the book itself. <laughs> oh, this is so great. I'm having the best time. <laughs> Heidi, which of these 12 books are you? Are you like, are there two books that you're just like, I have yes. never had a conversation about persuasion with a man in my whole life. I cannot Ooh. wait for that. Um, mm. And like, I love that book. I'm, and it's I'm like attached to it as a person. Like I love that book mm. a lot. Yeah, um, yeah so we know that, because we just did this episode where we talked about it in connection with this terrible movie. I don't know if people caught that, but yeah, yeah, yeah we we heard about your love for it. And I'm excited about Leibowitz, like because I've just wanted to read that, and I f- feel really excited to read it in the presence of Tim and Sean, specifically Sean, because I know it's one of your favorites. Um, and, but I, I, I think diary of a country priest is one that, oh, it's just unexpected little, um, serendipitous gift. I'm like, Oh, I've always wanted to read that and I've never picked it up. And so that'll be really cool. I like books like that. So I'm imagining Heidi, like walking up to a man, you know, like waiting at a bus stop (laughs) and saying, Hey, could I, um, convince you to have a conversation about Jane Austen's persuasion and the guy, you know, like, like time after time, the men just being like, you shall not pass. <laughs> no, no, I will not discuss that book. Bolting down the street. Do you know who I am? 
I'm a, I'm a man. Man. <laughs> man. Man. It's not that I've been rejected. It's just that I've ne- assumed that wouldn't be interesting. Mm. You've never, you've, you've never been offered. Uh, thank you. That's right. So this is really cool. I'm excited. Would I not want to eat at a? I, would I not want to eat at the greasy, greasy spoon around the corner? I don't know. I've never been asked. <laughs> Tim, what are you most excited about? I don't know why I'm I just equated persuasion with the greasy spoon. I'm also excited about a diary, a diary of a country priest. I've never read it, but I've heard a lot about it, and. I think persuasion also. I've never read persuasion. Maybe hmm. I'm like supporting Heidi's point after all. I think that's I why am. you can't talk about it with women. Yeah. Right. yeah. They've never read it. Right. Well, we're going to read it together. And that brings us to the end of this episode because we have chosen the 12 books for the 2023 schedule on Close Reads. There will, of course, be bonus episodes and bonus, the bonus series, which we'll discuss in the future. Guys, this was too long, but a great time. Thank you so much for, for taking the time and for debating this and for making and insisting that I choose a book that I like, but no one else is going to like. Um, <laughs> so and uh, just for, just for being friends guys. Thanks for, thanks for being friends. This is, uh, you know, it's good to have friends. It's good to have friends. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Tim, I don't think Tim liked that. I ended really? on that note. No, what, I, what I'm imagining is like, this is a little bit of like, Hey, you guys are going to stand with me despite like all the blowback we're about to get. You're about to stand when, with me. When right? people you guys, hate it's the good to have friends. You'll be with me. Yeah. Yeah. I you'll just, stand with me. I just want to really make a vow though, because I, in, like I bet $10, for a we're going to get a text in like 30 minutes. It's like, I just changed it. We need to do trust Should we guys. Do song of yeah. Solomon, like, uh, yeah. Will you trust me on this, you guys? We need to do trust. Yeah. Netanyahu's is just not right. It's just not right for us right now. So it'll probably no, be in I, the middle of the night. Would you say, Sean? That's when oh, the it's be in the middle of the night. Yeah, it won't be 30 minutes from now. It'll be, you know, 1 30. That's not wrong. <laughs> so. Roll over. Oh. Netanyahu remorse. What you got? So the Netanyahu's. Whoa. Oh. I still can't find a copy of that book. I'm going to read the first paragraph to you, Tim, if you need to go, go, but I'm going to read the first paragraph so you can get a sense of what it's like. Oh. And then we're going to end this episode. <laughs> My name is Reuben Blum and I'm an, yes, an historian. Soon enough though, I guess I'll be historical by which I mean, I'll die and become history myself in a rare type of transformation traditionally reserved for the pure scholars. Lawyers die and don't become the law. Doctors die and don't turn into medicine but biology and chemistry professors pass away and decompose into biology and chemistry. They mineralize into geology. They disperse into their science just as surely as mathematicians become statistics. <laughs> the same process holds true for us historians. In my experience, we're the only ones in the humanities for, it, for whom this holds true. The only ones who become what we study. We age, we yellow, we go wrinkled and brittle along with our materials until our lives subside into the past to become the very substance of time. Or maybe that's just the Jew in me talking. Goys believe in the word become flesh, but Jews believe in the flesh becoming word, a more neutral, rational incarnation. <laughs> By way of further introduction, he then continues that's on. That's a great start. That's, that's a great amazing. Start. Yeah. Well, it's a good book. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. Four Goys signing off. <laughs> Or all four of them. Yeah, exactly. Until next time, happy reading.